Hey y'all, welcome back to my Big Fat Recovery. Today we have our very first guest, Jamie Weisberg. Jamie is a social media influencer based out of Canada and is a fat babe in recovery. Oh, it worked! Yay! Yay. Hi everyone, my name is Jamie. Um, I'm a body positive and eating disorder recovery. I guess maybe activist, like, I don't really know yet. Um, I'm still like playing with the words, but like I'm most known on TikTok, um, a little bit of Instagram, but yeah, just known for um, body positivity and my journey on my eating disorder recovery. Um, Glad to be here. I am really excited to have you on because I think you are somebody with a really unique perspective in that you... um, first of all, like put out really entertaining and amazing content and you really piss people off. (laughs) And I think that you do an awesome job of handling it, which is part of why I really wanted to talk to you. So I think I first found your videos um, when they would pop up and it had like day one or day 30 in recovery and you would like do like it would have a popular like TikTok sound behind it and you'd like dance or you would um you know like poke fun at something and um I was wondering kind of what made you start on your social media journey and what made you decide to sort of become this awesome body positive icon that you are well I wouldn't go as far as icon but I tried <laughs> um so I guess like why I started this journey it kind of just started and like it was COVID like I I always wanted to like have that voice and I was really envious of like all these other people doing it and I'm like I could do that I could be like that and like myself got in my own way like I did have sort of a meme account when I was like maybe 18 19 that did like sort of do well but it was all like behind a screen it wasn't like Mm -hmm. it was my humor but it wasn't my face um so I took like I just left that and like I just gone out of my like second round of treatment for my eating disorder and I needed something to do and I and I figured like I had a story to be shared and I always have felt like this um Mm -hmm. and I always like wished that like people would just like hear me and hear my story um and if I could help one person um not feel so alone then my job is done uh so that's pretty much where it started now in terms of like documenting my days and my journey um it was something to measure uh like how I was doing to keep myself accountable and so my audience could go through this journey with me um Mm -hmm. instead of like kind of relating um, to the stereotype of what eating disorder recovery and fat people are is weight loss. It was taking that away from it. So that mm-hmm. is like how I pretty much came up with like counting the days. And it also is a standard of practice too as well, but um, I didn't know that at the time. Yeah. And I think that that is really where I start to where I started to see your community really start to take place. And I think, you know, we're going to get into some of like the hate that you face online, but I think the other sort of flip side of that is you have really allowed a space for other fat people in recovery online to see themselves represented. 
And I think you have really helped to make people feel less alone because I think sort of as you alluded to this narrative that we're often fed on social media um, of recovery is really a very stereotypical one. You kind of mentioned that a lot of people equate recovery in a larger body to a weight loss journey. And that's something that, you know, as I sort of did the unfortunate (laughs) research for this episode ahead of time, kind of digging through some of your comment sections and getting really furious at people, a lot of what comes up in there is people being like, uh, I don't, you know, I don't see a difference or, uh, you know, like, or, wow, yeah, like, great job on your weight loss journey and that kind of thing. Can you talk a little bit about how, like, a weight loss journey is different than your recovery journey and why, you know, we can't put those two things together for you? That is a great question. So up until about four years ago, my entire life was a weight loss journey. Mm. I've been on countless diets. I've had surgery. I've been to camps. You name it, I probably have done it. And it wasn't working. Uh, for 20 plus years, I spent my entire life immersed in diet culture and immersed was just like if being thin, like equated to success, looks, etc. And if I could just do that, then I would be happy. Mm-hmm. That's not true. Um, and it took me almost over 25 years to realize that. And, um, and it was only in like, I guess my last day of eating disorder recovery where they finally have let me into an inpatient program because they believed I was sick enough um that like I started to take away the idea that you have to be smaller in order to recover and that's like what my eating disorder thrives on is that I'm not recovered or in recovery unless I'm thin Mm. and that just kept me sick Like, no one has to live in this body except for me. Um, These are the cards I've been dealt. And I'm just suffering. There is no point in continuing if all I'm doing is suffering. So that's what really kind of changed my brain. And I got really sick um, before going into the inpatient program. And Mm -hmm. sitting there and... I was crying and like my, like, it was just like, I'm not going to go into that moment, but like, it was like, holy shit. Like, I don't want to spend the rest of my life being sick and I am going to do whatever it takes, even if it means not losing weight to recover. And I've never been able to do that before. And that was a really big, like epiphany I had, um, And that only happened, like, less than a year ago, was, for me, like, taking weight loss out of the equation, in turn, be, like, actually being able to recover and be okay with myself. Yeah. Taking, like, eating disorder recovery is not weight-based. That was, like, a huge step that I've never been able to do before. It sounds like Um, separating those two things really helped you find real recovery. Absolutely. And, and if it wasn't for my community and like the support I have and like me just kept pushing and pushing and pushing and not giving up, 
like I don't know where I'd be um so I am Mm. really grateful for that but yeah taking the idea that you have to be thin to recover and also like in my last stay in inpatient like I was the only person there who was bigger um not even like gonna go into how big it doesn't matter but Mm-hmm. Watching these people, they're not happy. So why mm-hmm. am I for that? Like, why am I striving for something that like I'm gonna be miserable at? So I think that also was like a big point in why like taking the idea of like that weight loss or the standard of body like equals success. Absolutely, and I think. There's a lot of unlearning involved in that process. And I know like you've become more and more vocal and aware of sort of like the big picture systemic level of your experience as a fat person in recovery. Um, You know, it's not easy, especially with some of your audience to really speak out about those things. But um, how did you start on that journey of learning about like fat phobia and finding the language for that? And um, how have you incorporated that into your recovery? I think definitely surrounding my feet on social media with a people who look like me, be like people like doing the research, like googling things that like, um, I found about this and just speaking with people uh, who who get it. And I think that has really helped me shape my opinion on um, these ideals. And I'm not saying I'm always right or that, like, my opinion is perfect. But, like, it's so, like, relieving to hear that I'm not alone and that, mm-hmm. like, other people have these experiences so I started joining Facebook groups um and just like really immersing myself in people who I don't feel shit about when I am either looking at or talking to uh and I think that was a really big help in me trying to learn and research of like all this um bullshit that happens with um stigma and oppression etc yeah and you mentioned that this was kind of the first time you had had access to the level of care that you needed in the past was your weight like a barrier to accessing that care a hundred thousand (laughs) percent like they would not let like I always like I would always be referred to the outpatient program but because I didn't look sick enough um, they always turned me down to the inpatient program. It took four mm-hmm. years for them to like believe that I was actually sick enough. Wow. And like even going in there, like the furniture was different. The way the nurses treated you was different. Like it's still a long way to go. Um, but my only takeaway is like, don't give up. Like if you need the help and like you are in a similar situation, Uh, there is help it just I it's really about navigating the system yeah and so you post these videos about like you know I think you were just at like day 127 in recovery can you talk a little bit about like what does recovery mean to you 
Yeah, of course. So recovery means to me uh, having a healthy relationship with my body and food, whatever that may look like. Mm. And taking the moral value of like food. Like I'm not a bad person because I ate a cupcake. I'm also not a good person. It's just like it is what it is. And taking the kind of rebellion from that and the secrecy really allowed me to just incorporate like a variety of foods in my diet and like not binge or purge or have a symptom um, and like taking the guilt out of eating. I mean, I'm still not anywhere near of like, oh, like I can eat this and like not feel like shit. But it's like I have the idea like I have like the starting point of like of this ideal of like making peace with my body and food um, and not and eating to like take care of myself rather than doing it like as a coping mechanism or like etc. So I think like that has really helped me um, in terms of like what I want out of eating disorder recovery is like taking that like weight loss out of the equation and focusing more on the behaviors and why I did it and like how to interrupt it. Uh, Yeah. So I think that has really helped me. Absolutely. And I think that that's so helpful for people to hear in their own journeys, for sure. What have you kind of learned in those first 127 days that other people might benefit from hearing? I think, like, definitely, like, have a lot of compassion for myself. And I think the big thing I've learned is, like, just because, like, I feel really sad or I'm really angry or something bad happens. I mean, like, something bad is in my brain that's, like, my thoughts are just, like, rolling around. It doesn't mean that I'm doing all bad and it doesn't mean I have to act on it and Mm. separating like the using food and the self-harm and the etc as a way to cope and not feel things um has been a really big takeaway for me and also like just taking the the value of that like food has no value I'm not a bad person I am allowed to enjoy everything I like um in a variety of foods regardless like how other people feel and that like I don't have to be like feel like I need to eat this in secret or be rebellious or like um that has really helped me and like advocating for myself with my medical um team in terms of like I was always ashamed to like say hey I'm really hungry like I need more food Mm. I always felt like I wasn't good enough to to ask or I'm not I don't look like them so like I I don't get to ask for more food and I was hungry and I think that was a really big like downfall in my past um times in recovery is not advocating for myself and listening to my body and what it needs Absolutely. And that's such a big hurdle for people in recovery, especially as you start to nourish yourself properly. A lot of the time your metabolism increases and you naturally start to 
you know, like feel hunger again. Yeah. You feel that like ghrelin hormone in your blood and your body starts to accept nourishment and people are so afraid of admitting that they're hungry because then it's like, oh, well, you're, you aren't good at having an eating disorder or then you're giving up control or that kind of thing. Um, we can't have that. Nope. And it's so important. Um, I wanted to ask you a little bit about, I think, you know, something we've talked about in our conversations is that a lot of people come into your comment sections because that's where they love to hang out. Um, and oh, they like, kind of, <laughs> don't they have anything better to do? Like, apparently not. Apparently oh not is right. <laughs> yeah. I mean, their lives must be pretty fucking miserable. Exactly. Like, you're literally <laughs> just on TikTok smiling and they're like, oh my God, no, I can't handle it. Yeah. <laughs> So one of the things that they often throw into your comments is, oh, well, I'm, you know, I'm thin and I feel bad about my body. We've talked a little bit about like the difference between body shaming versus like systemic oppression. And I was wondering if you could talk a little bit about that. Um, You kind of talked about the fat phobia that you've experienced in getting access to care and getting different care than other maybe thinner patients. Where in your life... Do you see like the systemic fat phobia really um, affecting your life? And where are areas that you would want to see that change? Well, there's a lot that I want to see change. But I think the most prevalent example is uh, a few years ago, I got really sick. And I went to the emergency room and they sent me home. Mm. And the resident was um, doctor was pretty much like pushing for me to stay but the doctors like just sent me home and like I got a really bad fever like and like obviously I had to go back after that um and my family doctor who's great um pretty much wrote a note being like do not body shame do not talk anything about weight because I was so scared at this point of going and if it wasn't for like my family doctor and my family like I could have died um, Mm. because I almost went septic so they pretty much sent me home because um, they blamed most of it on my weight and I had to be in a hospital for a few weeks uh, recovering from a really bad infection so first I really like to start there Um, right and not even just with me uh, with people in general like there's been countless deaths of fat people being misdiagnosed and um, because of their weight. Uh, So I think that's really where we need to start is in the medical field and kind of giving them all the information of like how harmful that can be and providing a lot of education um, to people. I think that's where I would want to start. But like everything in everyday life in some form or another whether it's the fashion world whether it's the media whether it's the government whether it's traveling like there always is fat phobia it is it immerses our lives so I think there's a lot to do and I don't know if it will happen in our lifetime but at least I get to be in the start or I get to be a part of it 
um, to see, and I've already seen like, or I've built this community of people. So even like, if I were to end this now, like I have so much to be thankful for, uh, but there's a lot as a society we need to do um, in terms of this equal rights, equal access uh, uh, with everything. Yeah. Even in school, like the desks in school, gym, like there's so mm-hmm. many things that people don't realize that like just is not equal. Absolutely. And I think a lot of people don't realize that because of their own privilege and not having to think about those things. Yeah. And then they post things like, well, you know, somebody told me to eat a cheeseburger once or, you know, people tell me to gain weight all the time, Um, which is just not the same thing. It's still bad. And I'm sorry that it happened, but it's not it. Like, it's not the same. One of the things that you talk about, and I think, is something that is not talked about enough in the fat community too is dating and your experience like dating as a fat woman. And you've made some pretty hilarious con- <laughs> content about that. Can you talk a little bit about like kind of what you post about in terms of that and your experience dating as a fat person? Absolutely. Well, my experience dating as a fat person is horrible and it's me trying to make light of the situation um, through videos um, to kind of cope with all the trauma I've dealt with. Um, mm. I'm trying to get be in a relationship um, and being on dating apps um, as as being fat. So it's awful, but like this is how I want to heal my relationship with myself is kind of using humor to um, share my story in terms of dating. But sometimes it's not that funny. And there is a a serious conversation um, that needs to be had with myself about like, when is it okay? Like, when am I harming myself by like, using this as a joke rather than like, actually like saying no like this is like this happened and it's not okay and it's not okay regardless but I do like to use it as a way to a piss the fat folks off like that's one of my favorite (laughs) things to do pissing (laughs) off fat phobes all in a good day's work (laughs) exactly like but be like just like kind of um, not keep my story a secret. Like I feel so much shame as a fat person, um, not having the same experience as like the I the society in terms of dating. So, um, it's breaking down that secrecy and that shame for me to to get it out there. Uh, so I think like that is why I do it. Um, and kind of like make like skits about it. Um, but yeah, dating as a fat person fucking sucks, um, especially on dating apps. Every guy is either a, like just wanting to be with you in secret. B has a fetish, fetish, like fetish (laughs) or C like, they just like 
are messaging you to make fun of you. Um, That's terrible. Or D, they actually are nice, but, like, I have such bad trust issues that I think they're joking. (laughs) So it's been been a ride. Um, I saw this video about a few days ago, and it was, like, it got me, like, kind of really down about it. And it was, like, like, my, like, experience is just a real a lot harder than someone who's not in a straight size body with dating and there is a lesser chance that I will meet someone and I keep obsessing over it mm. and I think that it, yeah there is like a lesser chance but it doesn't mean that it's not gonna happen um so I, I, I that's definitely something I need to remind myself um but yeah in terms of dating as a fat person it's straight up not a good time like I try to make the best of it and like hope that it will get better and I hope it will Um, Mm -hmm. but it's rough it is rough and I think both things can be true where like you know we can hold hope for the future and you do deserve to be in a loving secure relationship with somebody who respects you And, you know, is there for more than just your body, just like any sort of sexual or dating relationship or romantic relationship. Um, For a while, there was that trend. I think somebody kind of made a video and then a bunch of people like stitched it on TikTok. And it was like, show me your like fat love story. Yeah, I Did you see that? that. Oh, that warmed my heart and gave me hope at least a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. So there is hope out there. But yeah, it's very real and it's super rough. And I think especially dating apps and comment sections give people like this level of anonymity where they can just hide behind like a made up username or a made up profile on a dating app. Exactly. And they just feel comfortable spewing hate or being really abusive. Like it's so creepy that people feel comfortable with that. Like Mm -hmm. it's so screwed up. It really is. So we've talked a little bit about like some of the hate that you experience. I think what really inspires me about your content is the way that you almost, it almost seems to me like you sometimes use that to motivate you to keep going. Would that be accurate? A hundred thousand percent. Well, like my, some of my friends are like, well, why do you do it? You get so much hate. Like, how could you do this? Like, you should just like take a break. And I'm like, well, A, like it's only getting me more engagement and B, like I have Mm -hmm. dreams that I'm just like, I can't stop. And C, it is a validation kind of thing where I like feel some sort of acceptance towards it. And I don't want that to go away. But I think the bigger picture is that, like, I have such big goals that, like, I'm on a bigger mission than any stupid troll or um, hate comment I'll ever get. And they're all the same. Like, <laughs> they really the are. They're not are very literally creative. all the same. Like, they're not creative. They're not original. So why am I going to let someone, A, who the insult isn't even creative, and B, like, they don't even show their face, like, insult me, like, no, they don't get to have that power. Yeah. That. Absolutely. I love that. And you're right. Like, they really, I mean, A, they, like, the more they comment, the more engagement you get on your content. Um, And, like, they, 
really, you're right. They're not very creative at all. No. So on TikTok, you know, how do you feel like TikTok does with handling, um, like, the online bullying and harassment and complicated layers of engagement that happen on their app? I think it's absolutely awful. Mm -hmm. I think, like, I was reading an article or someone was telling me, well, they just ban the people who are victims because they, like, don't want it to continue. Like, they just pretty much, they are the bullies themselves because they just turned a blind eye to all the stuff that's happening. Mm -hmm. Um, I think it's awful, and um, I don't know what can be done about it. I really don't, except for, like, just to keep showing up for myself. And as well as, like, the other creators who are doing similar things as me. It's just, like, they're not going to win. Like, they're not going to take away my enjoyment and what I'm doing um, with making my videos. So, I think it's awful and horrendous. And, like, they should be charged criminally. But, like, it's not going to happen. Like, I ha- I can leave the app doesn't mean like they're not wrong and they shouldn't be persecuted but like at the end of the day it's my choice to stay on there but also like it doesn't mean I deserve any of it right right like you just existing should not result in the vitriol and the hate that floods in exactly you have posted a few videos about your experience um growing up and being sent to fat camp. And I think that's something that unfortunately a lot of people have experienced. Did that, and I, I think I might know the answer here, but did that play a role in like your relationship with food and your body? And how have you kind of worked on unlearning some of that? Absolutely. It's definitely played a huge role in how I view myself and my body and like just my relationship with food and myself in terms of like that I'm a failure and I'm not good Mm. enough and I'm a bad person and how dare you and you're gross and disgusting etc so like I'm still like in the beginning of all this of unlearning this but I think the biggest takeaway is that I know better like I know that that's not true and that is a really big gift to know better um, that a lot of people don't have. And I think like I'm only in the beginning, middle, whatever you want to call it of where I'm at. And I have so much further to go with this. So I think like knowing better and doing the research and talking with my community and like my individuals and educating myself and keep focusing on my recovery regardless of how it looks and doing what's good for me I think it's all of those kind of things combined there's a lot that people don't see when they a like only see you for your body or um only see you in very short bursts like in a tiktok so people make a lot of assumptions about you what do you wish that they knew about you if they really knew the real jamie well, A, like, people make assumptions on and off the screen. I mean, it's a lot more, mm-hmm. like, quantity on the screen. But, like, people, like, literally will stare at me. And I'm, I'm in a restaurant. Like, I've been name-called. Like, people will come up to me, etc. So, 
like, I think the biggest takeaway is just to mind your own business. Like, I don't need you to think I'm beautiful. I don't need you to give me advice. Like, just leave me alone. Like, I'm a great person. I have a lot to offer. And if you don't want to see that, that's totally okay. Like, don't get me wrong. Like, just, like, let me exist in peace. It's pretty much the only assumption that, like, just keep it in your head. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't need to hear it. You don't need to hear it. Like, just, like, if you don't have anything nice to say, say it to somebody else. Don't say it to me. <laughs> <laughs> like, I don't yeah. want to hear it. Right. I don't care if you think I'm beautiful. I don't care what your opinion is about me. I just wish that people would just take this idea of fat or fatness at this evil, like, disgusting thing. It's just it's it's neutral it is what it is um so i just like yeah just let me exist yeah yeah i would really like people to just respect your existence too i think that would be a great improvement in the world exactly yeah so we've talked about kind of like where you're at now and like what you've learned in those first you know 127 days or wherever we're at where do you want to be at like a year in recovery and where do you want to be at like 500 days in recovery what do you see as kind of like your future recovery goals so I think the future really scares me um Mm. and I think that is part of like where my eating disorder stems from is like like not being okay with like the now um so where I'd like to be is I'd like to like have a job be in a relationship, um, like, be just, like, okay with wherever I'm at. That's the main point. Like, no matter if it's 300 days or 3,000 days. I just want to accept where I'm at, like, point blank. And I can wish for all these things and, like, then not meet them. But, like, all I want is just to be content. Like, that's the bottom line. It's just to be okay with wherever I'm at. Um, and like I have all these things that like I want and I'm working on, but this is where it's at. Like I, 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 I do well with focusing on the present. I love that. I think that's a great answer. Yeah. And staying grounded and mindful in the present moment means learning how to deal with whatever comes up. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, All right. Well, I will be linking like your social media and that kind of thing in the show notes, but I so appreciate you and the work that you do. And I think you are an awesome advocate and role model for a lot of people in their own big fat recoveries. And I really appreciate the work you do. Thank you. And you too. You're doing great things. I appreciate you as well. (laughs) (laughs) Really? All right. Well, thank you, Jamie. Thank you so much. All right. Bye. Molly. Bye. Bye. Well, that was Jamie Weisberg. Again, thank you so much, Jamie, for coming on to my Big Fat Recovery. You are such a joy and a light in this community. If you want to find Jamie, you can find her social media linked in the show notes. And if you want to follow my Big Fat Recovery, we are also on Instagram at my Big Fat Recovery Podcast. And if you'd like to follow my recovery account, that is at Molly in Progress, both on TikTok and on Instagram.